Hey folks, today we're looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you call us to your truth. Lord, you are continually drawing us to yourself. And as we look at your word, that you would teach us, God, that you would just let us see. But God, that you would search us, God. Holy Spirit, come and just search every part of our being, every part of who we are. And if there's anything in us that doesn't line up with you, that you would reveal it so that we can release it and just let it go. We can get rid of it, that we would follow you completely, wholeheartedly. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you're doing in this world, God. While things may look crazy, things may look bad at times, you have not given up. You are still with us. You still have a plan. You still have a purpose. And your call for each and every one of us to follow you still stands. And Father, I just thank you. Let us see you as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. This is actually um, one of my, if I had to pick like a top 10 um, passages of scripture, this is one that would be in that top 10. This is one that those of you that may know me hear me quote a lot um, because it is just so foundational to our life with Christ, to the journey we're on. So let's jump into the beginning, Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So that's only up to verse 33, but we're going to stop there because I don't want to just kind of keep on rolling. Um, so we see Jesus, he's actually starting to tell the disciples what's about to happen. He's saying that he is going to be rejected. He's going to be killed. Um, and, and he's saying he's going to he's going to die, but then three days later, he's going to rise again. And the first thing Peter does is grab him and start saying, no, Jesus, this isn't going to happen to you. Um, Folks, I promise you in this particular point in time, Peter is not looking out for Jesus' best interest. Peter is there thinking that he's finally found what he's been looking for. His life finally has a purpose. He finally has a meaning. He's finally somebody because he's with Jesus. And now Jesus is saying that's all going to be taken away. At least that's what Peter is hearing. Um, he's All he's hearing is that I'm going to die. When Jesus says, I'm going to be rejected, I'm going to be turned over, I'm going to be killed. That's all Peter's hearing. He's not saying after three days, I'm going to rise again. If they were hearing that, it would have been a totally different story. But Jesus looks at him and says, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. He is not calling Peter Satan. He is, he is addressing um, the thought process, that this, what, what's in Peter at that point in time, um, that mindset of Satan. Um, because he says, For you are not mindful, or you do not have your mind set on the things of God. So that's what he's actually addressing. That's what he's rebuking in him. It's not Peter per se, but it's the thought process. It's the mindset. It's that twisted demonic mindset that he has going on. And folks, we've got to watch out for that because really that's um, so prevalent today. Um, and really, if we're not careful, it can, that same mindset, that same demonic uh, lie from the pit of hell can take root in us when we're looking out for what's going to be best for us instead of what God's calling us to do. Because um, there's going to be times when he's going to call us to do some tough stuff. There's going to be things when we need to step out and we need to do things that aren't going to make sense. They're going to sound just like totally against everything that we've wanted, that we've desired. 
Um, maybe you've got to move out of that big house into a different part of town that you swore you would never live there. Um, whatever it is, we have to make sure that our mind is fixed on the things of God, but not on the things of men. And Peter got it backwards. Um, so, and that kind of plays right into the next um, section of verses. So I'm going to pick up in verse 34. Um, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. There is so much in here. Um, I promise I'm not going to make a 45-minute video out of this, but I could talk about this part for hours. Um, and really the first call, um, the first part I want to look at is right in verse 34. And this is one. Um, it's really just that verse 34. When I said I quote this all the time, it's really just verse 34. When he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. This is the call that Jesus gave to everyone that would follow him. It's not, and this is, this is the essence of our salvation. This is when Jesus said, go and make disciples of all men. This is what he's talking about. He wants people to come to him. Um, <clears throat> so Jesus is saying, don't just come to me because I make your life better. He's actually saying, deny yourself. So when we choose to follow Christ, never again, do we have the right to make our lives about us? It is about what he wants for us. Deny yourself. So if he says, I want you to go here, then I go here. If if it's uncomfortable, it's not about you. Because <clears throat> reality is our our culture, our society, at least at least in America, and that's what I'll speak about because that's what I know. At least in America, our society and our culture is so focused about me, 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 me. What can I get? Um it's fast food generation. Have it your way right now. Have it your way right away. Um it's you can have what you want. If you try harder, you can attain it. When in all reality, that's not even always true. There's sometimes when the deck's just stacked against you, but it's still everybody is out for me. Um, I've got to get I've got to get that one parking spot closer so I don't have to walk quite as far to get into the grocery store. Or uh, man, I've got to speed up just a little bit because I don't want to catch that red light. It's all about what can I get? Uh, how can I get the promotion at work? How can I make it so the boss thinks that I look better? It's me, 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 me. And we see, I mean, but come on, folks. Reality is, we see it in kids, we see it in infants and toddlers. About the time they can crawl and start moving around or there's another kid around and there's a toy that neither one of them are playing with. As soon as one picks it up, the other one wants it. It's that me, me, me. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you can't be like that anymore. And folks, this is a choice. This just doesn't happen. Um, you can't just pray a prayer and just magically have, oh, I don't worry about me anymore. No, this is a choice. This is a choice to put Christ first in absolutely everything. Jesus doesn't want us to come. He's not saying, mix me into your life. He's not saying, oh, invite me in, take me along for the ride. Let's go together. He's saying, no, deny yourself. Take up your cross. A cross is an instrument of death. So we are crucifying our flesh daily. Um, the apostle Paul actually writes, um, I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Jesus Christ now lives in me. So we don't even have a life to live anymore. We pick up our cross and anytime we see that old person, that um, 
that human nature, that what, whoever we used to be, whatever we, we see that starting to kind of rise up, we put it back on the cross. We crucify that and we say, that is not who I am. I am living for Christ. It's never again about me. So we have to deny ourselves. We don't just pray a prayer to bring Jesus, invite Jesus into our lives, folks. We have to, it's not about inviting him into our lives. We have to give our lives to him. We deny ourselves. We pick up our cross and we choose to follow him. It's not a magic formula, folks. It doesn't just magically fix everything. Actually, it's probably going to bring some more conflict into your life. It's going to bring um, more difficulty, more trials, but I promise you what it also brings is the presence of God into your life. Uh, so you don't have to walk. <laughs> so you don't have to walk around selfishly focused. Well, how am I going to get through today? How am I going to, what about me? How am I going to make this happen? I don't even care anymore. Because all I'm going to do is the best that I can do. I'm going to do everything that I do for the Lord. And I'm going to trust whatever he says. If he tells me to go, I'm going to go. If he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. If he tells me to speak, I'm going to speak. If he tells me to be quiet, I'm going to be quiet. I'll learn to hear his voice, but it starts by denying myself. Because if I want what he wants, I can't want what I want. I want my heart to match up with his. Um, So that's probably about enough on verse 34. Whoever did not desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? This just highlights and just reemphasizes what Jesus is calling us to. But he's asking the question, what does it even matter if I get everything in the world if I am if I am successful by the world standpoint, what does it even matter if I just end up losing it all and don't even know Christ? <clears throat> because folks, the time will come when there will be a reckoning. We will have to stand and answer for every word that we've said, every action that we've done. We will have to, Christians and non-Christians alike will have to stand before God and give an account on that day. <clears throat> and I don't want my answer to be, well, I spent my life trying to get more for me. Um, when I could have just given my life over to him. And here's the thing, folks, we were created with a purpose. We were created in God's image um, way, way back in Genesis. Um, he created man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth and rule over it. We were given up. We were given a job. We were given something to do. We were given dominion and authority over this earth. And we still have that. It's still the same purpose. We were to reproduce and recreate the image of God around on this earth. And we still have that same calling, that same privilege and honor to grow up, to deny ourselves, to chase after God and to let him transform our lives so that everything we walk through, we look more and more like him. So the world, when they see us, they see something different. When they see us, they say, hey, wait a second, there's something different. So when they talk to us, we can say, yeah, it's Jesus. So they see our lives, what we walk through, how we live, how we love what we do, what we don't do. And they realize, wait a second, you know, there is a God because how else can somebody live like that? See, we're not supposed to live just this, this normal mundane, casual Christian life that looks like everybody else. We're called to be so much greater than that. We're called to live lives like Jesus. He said, follow me. He also said the things I do, you will do and greater if you only believe. So we follow him. We believe in him. And our lives are transformed. We're not called to live natural human lives. We're called to live lives consumed by his spirit, surrendered to him so that our lives on this earth, in this natural body, is actually a supernatural life that actually makes the world wonder what on earth is going on in them so that they would see God, that they would know God, that they would hear 
the reality of a God that loves them in the same life that we get, that I get to live, you get to live. If he can do it for me, he'll do it for you. He does it. He's not, um, he's not holding out. He'll draw us to himself. He'll give us all the opportunity to come and he gives us all the same right and privilege to be his children, to walk in his image and to press forward. But he's asking, what's it, what does it even matter if I gain everything in the world, but yet I lose my own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Folks, just to shoot straight, the reality is people give just about anything for their soul at this point in time. They'll sell their soul out for a cheap thrill that just makes them feel a little bit better for the moment. And then they'll do it again and again and again because the thrill of the moment, what they thought was going to bring them satisfaction, doesn't. So they continually sell themselves out to all the things that God says isn't for us. But yet they'll sell out time after time, whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's money, whether it's power, you name it. People will sell themselves out to that, just trying to find something that fulfills them when in all reality, we're called to a purpose. We're called to something so much greater. The only thing that will fulfill us is a life in Christ, surrendered to him and lived out in his image. Because folks, that's what we were created to do from the beginning anyways. Um, so what will a man give for, in exchange for his soul? Answer is a lot of things. But he goes on to say, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Folks, that we're going to stand one day and we're going to stand before God and we're going we're gonna to have to give an account. Folks, I promise you, when God looks at me, he's going to see his Son and Jesus is going to say, This one's mine. It doesn't, and it's not even because I've done anything other than give my life over to him and he's done it all. Folks, I can't even, I can't even surrender and yield my life to Christ without his help. Without his grace, I can't even follow him. I can't even desire him without him helping me. But he is such a good God that while I was still a sinner, while you were still sinners, he gave us the ability to hear his voice. He sent his son to die for us so that we could respond to him and say, yes, God, I give you back this life that I have messed up time and time again. I give it over to you. I'll do it your way. You take and use me how you see fit because you're the one that created me. So when we stand before living that life, when we stand before God, Jesus is not going to be ashamed of us. He's not going to be ashamed to say that one's mine, dad. That's my brother. Let him in. <clears throat> but if if we're ashamed, if we're hiding back, if we're pulling back and saying, oh yeah, well, yeah, I'm kind of a Christian. I go to church sometimes, folks, the time for playing games isn't going to cut it. Um, and I'm not saying you've got to stand up and preach on the tables at work. I'm just saying when the opportunities present itself and folks, the opportunities are there every single day you're around somebody. When the opportunities are there, don't pull back. God will give you the opportunities to just share, and you don't have to preach the entire gospel. You don't have to preach. You don't have to preach at people and quote scripture. Just share what God's doing in your life. As you pursue Him, as He transforms your life, your life will cause others to ask questions. Answer the questions that He that that God prompts other people to ask you. <clears throat> and sometimes it's just a matter of like challenging somebody. I had a situation just a couple days ago at work when I was talking to a coworker who was just stressed out constantly in a newer position and just constantly stressed out and just going and going. In the conversation, just there was a moment in the conversation where I said, it doesn't, it just doesn't have to be that way. And because they, they see my life, they've worked, they've worked alongside of me for years 
and they know that, yeah, work can be stressful at times, but I don't look stressed out. And I told him when I go home, I'll leave it all behind because rarely does work follow me home because the reality is what I told him is the things I've got going on outside of work are, are so much more important. There are souls, there are lives hanging in the balance of the life that I am living, whether it's at work or whether it's outside of work. I don't have, I don't have the, the privilege. I don't have the time to get caught up in so many other things and let work keep me distracted from the people that are in front of me that I need to love and care for and I need to show Christ to. And just sharing that, it, it transitioned and we actually had a pretty good conversation. I would love to say that she, that this person just kind of fell down and just said, okay, well, what must I do to be saved? Like we see um, in the book of Acts, but that's not what happened. But I promise you those seeds were planted. And I kept the door open. I said, hey, if you ever want to have a conversation about this, let's, and right here at work's probably not going to be the best place. Let's sit down and get a cup of coffee. Let's talk. I would love to tell you why my life is different. And that door's open. Those seeds have been planted. But the thing is, if I were ashamed, if I were just kind of like, well, I don't know, just kind of getting all wishy-washy on it, it wouldn't have gone that way. Sometimes you just got to stick your neck out there and you got to say what you need to say. And I'm not talking about trying to shove the Bible down people's throat. I'm not coming out and saying, well, your life's messed up. You got to stop this. You got to stop this. You got to get out of that relationship. That's not what I'm saying. We need to speak truth, but we also need to let people know that there's a God that loves them. Yeah. Are there things that need to change in everybody's life? Absolutely. Are there sins that need to stop? Most definitely. Is repentance required for salvation? Yes, it is. But we also need to let people see that it's not just about damnation and you're going to burn in hell if you don't repent, but they need to realize there's a God that loves you so much. He paid the ultimate price so that you would have the ability to repent, that your sins could be washed away, that you do have the ability to cling to him and walk away from all these other things. But we don't have, quite honestly, we don't have the right. If we call ourselves Christians, you don't have the right to stay quiet. If you're, if you say that you're a follower of Christ, you don't have the right to keep your mouth closed because it says that we've denied ourselves. So I'm not living for me. I'm living for Christ. I'm living the life that he lived and the life that Jesus lived. He lived for others. So I don't have the right. I don't have the privilege to keep my mouth shut, to hold back when I know the truth that can actually make a difference in somebody else's life. So folks, I would challenge you first, check your motives. Why? Why do you call yourself a Christian? Why? What does that even mean to you? Did you pray a prayer? Do you go to church? Do you pay your tithes? Do you do good things and try not to do too many bad things? Or have you actually surrendered your life to Christ? Have you actually said, I'm denying myself, I'm going to pick up my cross and I'm going to follow after Jesus and the life he calls me to is the life that I will live. I will forsake everything in this world for the sake of following him. Folks, I would really challenge you start there. Start by just saying, it's not going to be about me. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I promise you folks that as you walk this road out, he will make it clear where you need to go. He has given us everything we need to follow him. If we would just say, here I am, God, I give you my life. No strings attached. Do with me what you will. Heavenly Father, I just so thank you for your truth. I thank you that you have called us to follow you. You have put your you have given us your spirit to lead us. You have given us all that we need. You draw us. You have God, we can't even respond to you and say yes without your help, but you are still gracious enough to pour out your strength on us so that we can respond to you and we can yield ourselves to you. God, I just ask that you would consume our lives for each and every person that's hearing 
this right now, God, that you would just flood them with your spirit, that you would search them, that you would reveal in them the things that they are holding back from you. God, that we would all, each and every one of us, just repent for holding back, repent for doing things our way. We would turn from doing things our way and we would walk towards you. God, I know that there are times when I've missed the mark. There are things that I've held back when I haven't walked in obedience. And God, I just want to repent and say, my life is not my own. My life, I will live for you. I will deny myself each and every day and I will follow you. I will pick up my cross and whatever needs to die in me can die. I will follow you. Father, I just so thank you that you are the one who loves us. You are the one who leads us. You are. It is your goodness that draws us to repentance. And God, I just so thank you for your love that actually brings us to a place where we can look at you and we can say, you know, the life you offer me is so much better than the life I've been living. I turn, God, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it your way. So Lord, Holy Spirit, move, search our hearts, and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.